Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. I don't know how your mind works, but it could sometimes work for you as much as it can work against you. And I know that we can be incredibly positive-oriented people, and I think the people of God people that have faith, people that are spiritual, people that believe in something more than just themselves and the things around them tend to look at things and believe with a resounding yes, things can change, yes, things can get better, things will improve. But there are so many moments where we are caught up in our own darkness and caught up in our own negativity that we believe the lies that our mind has created neurological pathways that we have walked on for decades. You know, when I have gone on a hike, and that's, I can count that on one hand, by the way. uh, (laughs) I try to find the path that others have walked on before me. And, And the reason for that is because I am at this stage in my life, so prone to injury. In fact, I think I injured myself in bed this past week. I woke up with a swollen knee and I, and I thought to myself, what is going on here? How did I even do this? Now, it probably happened the day before and it got worse overnight. But when I woke up in the morning, I couldn't move. I couldn't lift my leg. I couldn't get out of bed. And I didn't understand what was going on. And so for the last 10 days, I've been in, in, in excruciating pain. Today's like the first day that I actually feel pretty good. And as I think about all the times that I've been injured in my knees and ripped muscles in my Achilles heels and, and, and have ripped muscles in my calves, uh, I, I've, I've been injured so many times. And it's been through my love of playing sports that when I go hiking, I'm always thinking I'm going to get injured. I, I, I have to be careful because I know it won't take much for something to go wrong. And so when I'm out there, I, I, I go out there courageously, but in the back of my mind, my mind is already telling me that I'm going to fall, that I'm going to twist, that I'm going to injure myself. Has anyone ever experienced that? And so, and so when I'm out there, I'm looking for the path well-traveled. And I'm thinking this is the safer path because others have gone on it. And it looks like it's the clearest path. It looks like it's the cleanest path. It looks like it's the path that's the most worn down. So this has got to be the safest path. What we don't understand is that the way our mind works is that we have been doing this in our mind with our negative thoughts over and over and over again. We have created neurological pathways in our mind that allows us to keep going down the same path of negativity. And the only way that you can stop that is by forming a new path that is positive. Stop revisiting the old one and start forming a new one. And so when God says that I have given you 
not a spirit of fear, but I have given you instead the power of a sound mind. He's telling us that he has the ability to heal our mind and to help us form new paths that are going to lead us in a new direction to experience the best that he has in store for us. Now, in many cases, these pathways in my own mind have been formed from my childhood. It doesn't take much when I get together with my brothers. I have two brothers, both of them younger, that when we get together, they have a tendency to revisit our childhood where I am blamed for most of it. <laughs> and where I am not at the center and at the... The focus of the blame, it's often our father. And on that, we, we all agree. But when we talk about each other, we sometimes talk about how those pathways that we have of thinking and living and doing life have actually been shaped quite a bit from our own household. And, and we talk about now that we've lived probably half of our lifespan, that when we think about our life, we say, whoa, you know, what if, what if there is a new way to see this? A new way to understand it, a new way to appreciate it. And not because it was pleasant, not because it was good, not because it didn't damage us, not because it hasn't affected us and continues to somehow have a bearing on our life, but what if we see it differently? And, and, and you have to make a concerted effort to look at that and to say, this is what it taught me, that I can see as positive so that I can build a new pathway in my mind so I can get off of the pathway that keeps leading me to destruction. And it takes that kind of concerted, it, it takes that kind of mental discipline to be able to see that change occur. And I know that it's not easy. I mean, if it was, we would just be able to do it quickly and, and, and openly and honestly and transparently all the time. But we know that this is something that we are in a war for. It's, it's not just a battle, it's a war. And the reason it's called winning the war that is in our mind is because it's going to take many battles to win it. And we're not going to be able to just overcome it as quickly as we would like. The good news is that God's word can provide the power that we need. I want to show you a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, what it says in verse 3 and 4 here, it says that we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. What we do is that we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Now, right from the start, God is saying that we are not going to wage this war like everybody else. We are going to wage this war. It's going to be in our mind. But God has given us mighty weapons. And those mighty weapons, he's saying, are the weapons that are going to make the difference 
in not just seeing this one battle won, but the battle being repeatedly won in our minds so that we can win the war. So that we can create this new pathway, that we can have this new victory, and that we can do this in a way that we have not been able to do it before. Now, when it talks about these mighty weapons, one of the words that's used in this text is a word called dunamis. And dunamis means the explosive power of God. Now, when you look at this word in the scriptures, it reveals the explosive power of God. It means that when you invite God into you to do battle, that all of a sudden you get a jolt of supernatural power that is his presence to be able to overcome what is happening in your mind. But if you don't call upon the explosive power of God, then you're just dealing with your mind according to the only way that you can, which is in your own human standards. So what God is saying is that I don't want you to be like every other human. I don't want you to wage war as every other human does. I want to give you my explosive power in you. Now you can keep doing it yourself. And of course it requires you to do it. But what if you just didn't entirely rely on you? I think one of the greatest things as a kid is believing that superpowers exist. I am a Marvel fan. I am a DC Comics fan. I have read comics my entire life. I just love that genre. I'm someone who knows a lot about it and it and it's always because it was a way for me to escape as a kid. I, I was able to escape my reality by, by, by living it through comic books. And, and even today as an adult, when my mind is being overwhelmed and when I feel sometimes that I, I just need a break, I will turn and watch movies that have to do with this genre. And I say this because the explosive power of God doesn't come to us in the way that it did to Samson. It doesn't come to us like when you would maybe, if you had it, put the bat signal out into the sky and Batman would come. <laughs> Or you would just whisper, Superman, help me. And he would come. When we think about that, we think about how God here in this space is so ready to come to each of us through the signal of your own mind. You thinking it, calling on God, gives you that explosive power that you need to fight what is going on in your life right now. And when you don't call upon the name of God, you just keep walking the same paths that have led to your despair. 
And what God is saying, I'm ready to come with explosive power and form a new path in your life. There's another word in there, and it's called Ochuroma. And Ochuroma is a castle. It's a fortress. It's anything on which one relies for the arguments, for the reasoning, and it's basically something that enables you to fortify your opinion. And when this word is put there, it's basically signifying that our mind is like a military stronghold. Now in those days when you a fortress, the walls would be something like 20 feet thick. They say that the walls of Jericho were, were so wide that you could ride two chariots on it. And yet when the people of God were called to go around it, and without saying a word, walked around those walls, the Bible says that when they finally were given the permission to do so, they shouted. Now, if you haven't spoken a word for seven days, and I'm sure if you're married, you've already experienced this. <laughs> you know that it's really hard to not only stay quiet, but it's harder to hold on to your anger. That it takes a lot of energy and strength to do it. That if you have to hold on to something called resentment, then you know how much energy that takes. Especially if you're living with that person, especially if you see them every day. It's easier if you're not having to do that, because then you're only reminded of the fact that you're not speaking. But when you are seeing that person on the regular, you know how hard that can be. Now imagine these people being called to go around the city and then shouting out. And when they did, those walls came down. Imagine how loud that cry was. Because they hadn't been able to speak for seven days. And then on the seventh day, they shouted. If you ever kept something in long enough, um, and you know what this looks like when you finally blow your top, it's not pleasant, is it? Like when you lose it, what does that look like? It doesn't look good, right? Now imagine the people having to stay quiet. But what they did is they waged spiritual warfare and mind warfare on their enemies. They just walked around those walls for seven days, not saying a word. And what they did is that they spoke only when God told them to with the explosive power that God had given them. And then those walls literally came down. And I want you to realize that that's what God wants you to understand. That there isn't a fortress that he can't take down that's in your mind. There isn't a fortress that somehow is around your heart that is keeping things out that he cannot destroy. There is nothing that he cannot do. But you've got to give him the opportunity to do exactly that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5, look at what it says. It says that we have the ability with God to demolish every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. That we are able to capture the rebellious thoughts and then teach them to obey Christ. 
Paul is saying that this is what it looks like when we are in a relationship with God, that God not only can destroy every proud obstacle in our mind, but he can do it in the minds of others. That he can't just do this for us, but he can do it for the people that we're praying for, the people that we're in relationship with, the people that we want to see different, the people that we want to see transformed, the people that we see them trapped in their minds and in the strongholds of their own minds. Those are the things that God says that we can do. Wait a second, I thought the requirement was that we had to do this. That's only part of the requirement. The other part is you need to be with other people who believe that God can do this too. And so community is so essential. Being partnered up with someone who believes that strongholds can come down in anybody's mind. When two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, I am in their midst. And what he's saying is that when we pray together, we can see strongholds come down. And so when the stronghold isn't coming down on its own because I am not enough on my own, I'm going to ask someone, pray with me so that this stronghold in my mind comes down. So that this fortress is destroyed. So that I have this victory right now in Jesus' name. I have been walking this pathway of destruction for so long. I'm so tired. I'm so fed up. Please, I can't do it anymore. Help me. Come to my aid. Do something so that this pride in me can be destroyed so this obstacle can be removed so that I can know God in a new way so that a new path can be formed in my life that can give me the victory so that I can capture that which has always been rebellious and keeping me from living my thoughts in a manner that are not only pleasing to God but that are victorious for me in the way that I need to live I need to be free I need to obey Christ I need to stop obeying my old patterns my old ways of thinking my old ways of living my old old ways of walking. I need to stop all that. And I need a new way, a new path. I need something new. And God, I need that from you. We say these things and we implore God for these things. You think God is just passively standing by, doesn't care? God is trying to reshape the way that we think. And what Paul does in these verses is that he helps us to destroy these things. I want you to Understand this quote with me. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. Can we put that up? Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. If you could find that, it's going to be there. I want you to see that it is so important for us to identify with this reality. My battles, the things that I fight for in my life, they're going to be won and they're going to be lost if we are able to give our minds over to God. And so one of the things that we may not know is that when we ask Jesus to come into our lives and to take over and and, and to be in us and to be with us and to forgive us, and to lead us and to protect us and to bless us, a lot of us just kind of stop there. We don't go further and we don't explain this part here. That if my thinking doesn't change, I am not going to be changed. And so Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says this, and I want you to pay attention to this verse. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat, 
and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. They're always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. What this verse highlights, and it's a little mysterious and vague, but what it does is that in the New King James Version, a different version than the one that we have up on the screen, it says this. It says, and it's a little closer to the original. It says this very important point. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So they are always thinking about it. So he thinks in his heart, so is he. How you think in your heart is how you become. How you think becomes what you are. Your thinking is directing your living. Your thinking is shaping your life. It isn't what life is doing to you. It is what your mind is doing to you. It isn't what the circumstances are doing to you. It is what your mind is doing to you. It isn't what your childhood did to you. It is what your mind is doing to you. It isn't what he did to you, she did to you. It isn't what this world is doing to you. It is what your mind is doing to you that is shaping who you are. And so what the Bible is saying, you need to break free from this because the life that we have is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I want you to find that slide and put it up, please. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Is this making sense? The direction that you are going in is because of how your mind is thinking. You want that to change? You've got to change your mind. How are you going to change your mind without the explosive power of God? How are you going to change your mind without the promises of God that tell you that your circumstances are not the truth, but his promises are? Amen. How are you going to be different about the way that you see things and understand them? I'm not denying the pain I have in my knee, but I know that God can lift me out of the pain that I have to keep doing the work that I need to do. I know that God can also allow for my knee pain to never go away, but it's not going to stop me from doing what I need to do. I'm not going to allow my mind to be burdened by the pain. I'm going to allow my mind to be set free in spite of the pain. And I'm still going to do what I need to do in my life because that takes priority over any pain that I may experience in the past or in the present. Because the direction I am going in, even if it carries a little bit of pain, will not hold me back and it shouldn't hold you back either from anything that God has in store for you. It is bigger, it is greater than anything that you are leaving behind. 
That's what he promises. That's what he says. And so when we think about this, then we need to understand how important for us to have this understanding when it comes to the scriptures. I want you to do just a really quick thought audit right now. And I want you to see if, if you are, if your mind is fixated on worrying, if it's fixated on being negative, or it's fixated right now on material possessions. And, and I think that, and I don't want to oversimplify life, but I feel like it can probably be broken down into those three categories. Where we are worrying, where we are negative, and our mind is consumed with the things of this life. And, and if you find that your mind is going to what you're worrying about, then you more than anyone needs to secure your future by relying on God's promises more than ever before. The only thing that is going to fight the worry in your life are the promises of God. And whatever it is that you are worrying about, I assure you that God has tens, if not hundreds of promises in his scriptures towards those things. And you need to find what they are. And you need to apply them in the way that it speaks to your heart and to your situation the most. And when you've got it, every time you worry, you then combat that worry with the promise of God that is going to destroy that worry. It's going to create a new pathway where you are no longer worrying about this. Lord, I give it to you. I am not going to worry about this. I am not going to worry about my kids. I am not going to worry about my future. I'm not going to worry about my health. I'm not going to worry about my job. I'm not going to worry about him or her or what they said or aren't saying. I'm not going to do that anymore. I am going to be secure in your promises. And then when it comes down to your negative thinking, where you're always finding fault, where you're discontent, where you're hard on people and on yourself, when you're always keeping busy, when you are taken up in the minutia of the day and losing sight of the joy and the gratefulness that you're supposed to be exhibiting for the things that you do have, that is when you come back to it and you say, I am not going to be negative. I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to believe in the best. I'm going to believe for the best in, in people. I'm going to say the things that are good about this life. I'm going to become optimistic. I'm going to shape a future and create a future in my mind that is better than the one that I'm living and I am not going to stay stuck here. Are you guys with me? You see, we are creating new ways of thinking and doing and living. I'm not going to allow my life to be consumed with material possessions. I'm not going to be consumed with being liked by people. I am going to take the gifts that God has given me. I am going to make a difference in people's life. I am going to fulfill my calling and my purpose. I'm going to go out into this world and I am going to shine my light as brightly as I can wherever the darkness is. I don't want to be a part of it. I want to dispel it. I don't want to be in the shadows. I want to be in the light and I want to give off light wherever I go. Now, when you start to think like this, man, you're going to live like this. You're going to act like this. You're going to stay stuck. You're going to walk with faith and no longer with fear. Yeah. You're 
not going to stay in that darkness and be comfortable. You're going to be light and you are going to shine light and you're going to be seen from the highest hilltop. And people are going to be drawn to you, not repelled by you. People are going to come to you and they're going to say, what is happening in your life that you give off so much light? And that'll be your opportunity to not talk about all the things that are broken in your life. That'll be your opportunity to talk about how God is bringing wholeness into your life. That'll be your opportunity to say, this used to be the way I used to think, the way that I used to look at life, the way that I used to believe life could only be. But now I know that that is not the way it is anymore. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We saw that verse, and I want to show you 1 Peter. Or is it 2 Peter? 2 Peter 1, 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And that blows me away because I, I feel like I didn't get it. I didn't get everything. So I feel like he left me a little short. Anybody else? I feel like he hasn't given me everything that I need. But, but here's the thing. When we invite Jesus to come into our lives, he, he doesn't leave some of it behind. He comes all in. All of him. So I've got to remind my mind that. Because my mind believes that I'm just so conditioned to following my flesh and wanting to please it and thinking this is the best way for me to satisfy it because this is the way that it's been satisfied before that this is the only way that it can be done. So when I start to want to move towards the inclination of the past, I turn to God and I say, God, you have given me everything I need to live godly for you right now. I, I'm not going to lean on the inclination of my heart or the impulse of my body or the distorted pathways of my mind. I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to say, I know you've given me everything that I need to live a godly life. And when I speak to the brokenness and when I speak to the darkness and I speak to that which is flawed and that which has regularly failed me, I know that in that moment, the explosive power of God will come. I know that the fortress that has been built up, he can destroy it. That the old way that I used to think can also be undone and that a new way of understanding can be formed in me instead. And he says that we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Can we say amen to that? He has given it to us. We already have it. It's already there. And you know what? I don't know what everything says in the Bible. I don't. I mean, I've been studying it 
And every time I study it, I discover something new. I, I've been studying it for decades. I, 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 have, I have degrees from three different countries in theology. I, I have been studying the scriptures for so long that, that even when I think I know it, I know that what's missing sometimes isn't what I don't know. It's that I'm just not applying what I already do know. Amen. And I want you to know that what you know right now is enough. It's enough to get you where you need to get to with God. He already is with you. That explosive power of God is already in you. That new way of thinking is already available to you. The power that you need to live a godly life, he's already offered it to you. There's nothing else that needs to be done other than what he's already given us right now. What happens is that we just go deeper. What happens is that it just becomes truer. What happens is that the transformation takes and it takes a hold of us and it transforms us in such a way that we are more consistent. But what you know is already enough. And so if you know Jesus, would you call upon his name right now? Would you just say, Jesus, give me that new mind. Give me that new life. You've given me everything already. Help me to take down the stronghold and help me to live a victorious life today so that I can win this war in my mind. Amen. Can we pray together? Father, I want to thank you for every person here, for the way that you love them, for the way that you have given them everything. And as we would explore this topic in the weeks to come, God, I know that you have so much more that you want to show us and, and help us understand. Thank you for what you've done and for what you're going to do, Lord, in each of our lives, for the victory you're going to give us. You've given us everything that we need to have a new path in our minds that leads, oh God, to a greater future. I want to think about the things that lead me to you and that lead me to a greater life with you. And Lord, I pray that you would accomplish that for all of us here today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.